Hello everyone. So I want to talk about uh, the occupational crime that I witnessed in my childhood. So example, there were people who were fired for drinking on the job. And in their unhealed psyches, they decided that they can become criminals in organized crime as a result, which happened. There were some people who were fired for smoking on the job. So they used that to become criminals in organized crime. There were some people who were fired for having sex on the job. So they ended up becoming criminals in organized crime as a result. Um, there were some people who had an unlawful habit of thefts of company property, the misuse of information as well. And in that world, there was vandalism, property damage, graffiti, and defacement when it came to human properties without owner permission. I do remember that there was altering records or cooking the books and corruption of government officials. There were stocks and securities violations. There was employment tax evasion violations. Um, There were antitrust violations, meaning these are attempts by one or two companies to dominate a particular market by getting rid of all competition. Then there was healthcare fraud. Healthcare fraud is generally associated with health insurance and includes, was not limited to kickbacks, which I saw. Billing for services not rendered, I saw that. Billing for unnecessary equipment, I saw that. Billing by a lesser qualified person, I saw that. And any kind of falsification of records in order to make additional profit, I saw that. I saw... Trade secret theft. A trade secret is anything that is used in a business that makes them different. And if that were to be exposed, would cause the business to lose substantial value. As such, trade secret theft refers to theft or misappropriation of trade secret information. Um, I witnessed bankruptcy fraud. 
This generally includes misleading creditors or concealing assets from the bankruptcy court and slash or your bankruptcy lawyer. I saw bribery. In legal terms, this refers to offering money or anything of value which is used to influence the actions of the decision maker. I saw counterfeiting. This white collar crime is most associated with money but can also apply to driver's license. I saw that. Immigration papers, I saw that. Any other important do- or any other important documents, I saw that. Counterfeiting is the act of copying or Im- imitating an item without authorization, but with the intention to pass it off as the genuine article. These are things I actually saw. Um, so when it came to these white collar crimes, I saw criminals experiencing considerably heavy criminal fines. I saw criminals experiencing jail or prison sentences, contingent upon the severity of the crime, whether it is considered to be a misdemeanor or a felony. I saw criminals experiencing forfeiture of assets or giving up monetary funds and slash of property. I saw criminals experiencing restitution or paying back money that is rightfully owed to another person or business. And I actually saw criminals experiencing supervised release or probation and slash or home arrest. Um, I, I saw criminals experiencing uh, subpoenas and grand jury trials in order to produce business records and to supply a witness in trial. I saw criminals experiencing being presented with a valid search and seizure warrant in order to obtain documents. I've seen criminals receive subject letters and target letters which states that investigation is necessary. I saw criminals experiencing being contacted by a government agent in an attempt to question an employee. I saw criminals um, experiencing being investigated in their illegal businesses. And the streets would tell me that these criminals were investigated by the Federal Bureau of Investigation, FBI, Internal Revenue Services, IRS, Security Exchange Commission, SEC, and the U.S. Treasury. That's what I was told. And... I saw defenses by criminals, for example, duress, or that you were forced by someone else to commit the crime, intoxication, um, narcotic, highs, so to speak, incapacity, and insanity. I saw the entrapment defense in which They claim that the government agent persuaded them to commit the crimes that they otherwise would never have committed. And yes, there were some undercover agents used in order to obtain information on white collar crimes by the authorities, but that were rare occurrences in the crime world.
because they tried to absolve themselves of crimes and legal penalties. Um, So I saw these criminals, um, Basically, they did financial crimes. Um, Fraud, check, C-H-K-U-E fraud, credit card fraud, mortgage fraud, medical fraud, corporate fraud, securities fraud, including insider trading, bank fraud, insurance fraud, market manipulation, payment point of sale, fraud, healthcare fraud, theft, scams, confidence tricks, tax evasion, bribery, sedition, embezzlement, identity theft, Money laundering, forgery, counterfeiting, count, including the production of counterfeit money and consumer goods. Um, computer crime, elder abuse, violent crimes, robbery, armed robbery, murder. Financial crimes being carried out by individuals, corporations, by organized crime groups. The victims did include individuals, corporations, governments, and entire economies. Law enforcement often classifies larger forms of financial collusion as criminal syndicates. So I saw the unlawful conversion of the ownership of property belonging to one person to one's own personal use and benefit. Um, I also, and, and, and a lot of them ended up murdered and a lot of them went to prison. And then I saw property crimes. Uh, I saw burglary, larceny, theft, motor vehicle theft, arson, and shoplifting. Pro- this is pro- property crimes a crime to obtain money, property, some other benefit. I saw that. This may involve force or the threat of force in cases like robbery or extortion, which I saw both. Since these crimes come in order to enrich their perpetrator, they're considered property crimes. And from personal experience, sadly, that's true. Crimes against property divided into two groups, destroyed property and stolen property, which I saw both. When property is destroyed, it could be called arson or vandalism. I saw both. Examples of the act of stealing properties, robbery, embezzlement. I saw both. Property crimes are high-volume crimes with cash, electronics, example, televisions, power tools, cameras, and jewelry often targeted, which I saw. Hot products tend to be items that are concealable, removable, available, valuable, and enjoyable with an ease of disposal being the most important characteristics. I saw all these things. Um... I saw... Trying to make sure that I'm not repeating myself. I did see bicycle theft. Um, I may be slightly repeating myself, but hey, I added a little bit more new information, so it's okay. Um, I saw bicycle theft, which is a crime involving theft of bicycle. I was looking to steal bicycles, can use a variety of different methods in order to do so. Lifting if the bike is locked to an insecure structure, such as a small sign or tree. 
The thief is able to lift the bike along with his lock off of the structure. Cutting, a thief may use a bolt cutter, hacksaw, or angle grinder to cut through the bicycle lock. Picking, a thief may pick a lock of locks that require keyholes. So I remember seeing that. I saw a shoplifting with a specific type of theft, which products take from retail shops without paying. Items popular shoplifts include cigarettes, alcoholic beverages, fashionable clothing. I saw these kind of stuff. Um, cause I remember, um, you know, I saw red collar crimes. When a white collar criminal turns violent, becomes red collar crime. This can take the form of killing a witness in a fraud trial to silence them. The streets talked about that. Or murdering someone who exposed the fraud. The streets talked about that. Um, and then Perry and Lichenwald define red collar crime as the subgroup is referred to as red collar criminals because they straddle both the white collar crime arena and eventually the violent crime arena. In circumstances where there's threat of detection, red collar criminals commit brutal acts of violence to silence the people who have detected their fraud and to prevent further disclosure. I witnessed, see, those are all the things I witnessed. I witnessed occupational crime. Individuals may commit crime during employment, underemployment, or unemployment, which I saw. The two most common forms are theft and fraud. Theft can be of varying degrees from a pencil to furnishings to a car. Cider trading or trading of stock by someone who has access to publicly unavailable information is a type of fraud, which I saw. Um... I saw organized transnational crime. Organized transnational crime is organized criminal activity that takes place across national jurisdictions with advances in transportation information technology. Law enforcement officials and policymakers have needed to respond to this form of crime on a global scale. Some examples include human trafficking, money laundering, drug smuggling, illegal arms dealing, terrorism, and cybercrime, which I saw. I witnessed world illicit trade, piracy, and the global drug trade being in the hundreds of billions of dollars. I saw state corporate crimes. The negotiation of agreements between a state and a corporation would be at a relatively senior level on both sides. It's almost exclusively a white-collar quote-unquote situation which refers to opportunity for crime. Although law enforcement claims to have prioritized white-collar crime, evidence shows that it continues to be a a low priority. Wow. When senior levels of corporation engage in criminal activity using the company, this is sometimes called controlled fraud, which I definitely saw. I did witness blue collar crimes and corporate crimes too. Um, trying to make sure I covered everything. Um. Let's see how much time. Okay, okay. So, um, I remember, um, I 
there were people who got in trouble for sexual harassment. So what happened was that they um, they were basically fired from their job, served some time in prison, and. They were on the, they ended up being on the registered sex offenders list. Now, in that world, it was very dangerous to be to be in the registered sex offenders list because those in unregistered sex offenders are often targeted. Um, and I've explained this before. Let me give you new information so you won't think I'm necessarily repeat myself. So, also in that world. Um, registered sex offenders and registered sex offenders were stalked, harassed, and intruded. And people would literally breathe down your neck in that world. Um, they would follow you either on foot or by vehicle. Or they would catch the bus to where you were or they would catch the train to where you were. So, it was for violent purposes and murderous purposes and robbery purposes. First they would would rob you, then they would beat you, and then they would kill you. And also, if you're a registered sex or unregistered sex offender, Once it was discovered, they never let you be around children again. And they never let you be around adults or willy-nilly again. So if you're around people, they would be on you like a hawk, as the old school saying says. And to the point where the criminals decided, you know what? Let's just wipe them out. Let's just rub them out. Let's just take them out. You had criminals who would talk like this. And that's how they would get killed. And in that kind of world, those who do any kind of sex crimes, your days are literally numbered. They'll follow you around for quite some time. Like if they see you with children... And you acting nice to children, you know, you're registered sex offender or unregistered sex offender, they would kindly tell the child they'll have to go talk to the, you know, to this person that they're talking to. The kid's like, okay. And they will take you behind an alley, sometimes behind the bleachers. In organized crime, there's history of people take behind the bleachers and you would end up dead. In less than two minutes, less than a minute, you're dead. That's what they would do to register sex offenders. They would take you behind the bushes, behind buildings, 
and and slaughter you if you were a registered sex offender or unregistered sex offender. And then I remember um, being in that kind of world where I was a protector of women, as y'all know. So because I was really into uh, protecting women, there were times where I was so angry, I remember pulling the trigger. And I didn't pull the trigger. I was about to pull the trigger. Correction, I was about to pull the trigger. I was two seconds, sometimes a second away from pulling the trigger. And the woman would say, the woman would say, order me not to kill so-and-so. Meaning the male misogynist who just sexually assaulted him or tried to sexually assault him or was physically violent toward them, was trying to be physically violent toward them. So they didn't mind me beating a, a, a pound of blood out of the male misogynist. They were cool with that. That's why I did that. But they drew the line on murder because they wanted physical protection but they didn't want bloodlust on their hands. And bloodlust in the crime world means murder, homicide. And there were times I was so angry, I would forget to ask them if they wanted me to kill them. And they would have to tell me at the last minute before I tried to pull the trigger because they know I was serious about protecting them. I was going to protect women if that means death to male pigs. And um, because they ordered me not to kill, I put the gun away. And um, I... would have the gun unloaded after that because they wanted to make sure that it wasn't loaded so they could feel safe about nobody being killed. Especially under our watch, my watch, their watch. And um, I know many people would claim psychological manipulation to the extremes regarding what happened to me when it came to protecting the women, the women themselves, and the guys, and that's all, uh, uh, that's all unfortunately true. It is a misfortune, but that's how I grew up. I was forced to grow up in such a way. So, um, Trying to see if there's anything else I need to tell y'all. Yeah, there were homicides, attempted murders, sexual assaults, uttering threats, criminal harassment, robbery assaults. I do remember there was coercion, extortion, harassment, violent crimes committed with weapons. There was, um, 
Assassinations, rape, assaults, violent acts, as y'all know, murder, robbery. But I want to give y'all new details. I remember in... um, There was... A show of force... That I do remember. So, in that kind of world... um, I would dare say, yes, there were criminal organizations, gangsters, and drug cartels frequently employed violent criminals in their groups, usually as enforcers or hitchmen. I saw violent criminals often display characteristics such as low anger threshold, disinhibition, slash absence of impulsivity control, strong dominance, slash territorial instinct, antisocial personality, psychological assessment of health issues, and aggressive tendencies, which enable them to carry out usually violent acts. I saw all these things. I did see... Violent criminals are pirates and hijackers of car aircraft. I saw murderers, active shooters, kidnappers, rapists, burglars, muggers, and torturers. And, but that show of force. There were, um, there was a show of force as a military operation tended to warn, such as a warning shot or to intimidate an opponent by showcasing a capability will to act if one is provoked. I saw that. That's what I saw quite often. Show force has historically been undertaken mostly by a military actor and willing to engage in all that hostilities. These things happen in the streets, I saw. But fearing to lose face to appear weak by performing a carefully calculated provocation, the opponent is to be shown that violent confrontation remains an option and there will be no backing off on the principle that the show of force is to defend Show of force, these things happen in the streets, I saw. Shows of force also work on a smaller scale. Military force on a tactical level using mock attacks to defer to deter potential opponents, especially when a real attack on suspected but unconfirmed enemies might harm civilians. These things happen in the streets, I'm telling you. And yes, I did see... um, Warning shots. As an analogy, a warning shot can be used to describe any action of declaration, especially a demonstration of power, intended or perceived as a last warning before hostile measures. Those things happen in the streets. It really does. I saw shooting to wound in the streets. Shooting to wound refers to attempts to use a firearm to harm someone without killing them. It is controversial since the unpredictable nature of firearm wounds could result in the wound failing to incapacitate the target may accidentally kill or miss the target. I saw the above. The latter presents a risk of unattended casualties. Limbs are one main area often targeted with when shooting to wound, which I saw. 
However, limbs are smaller and can be moved faster and more radically than their torso, so the option of shooting to wound is generally viewed with skepticism by law enforcement in the United States. It's even met with skepticism in the crime world. I noticed that too. It says that there are numerous variables when determining how severe a gunshot wound is, such as the bullet size, velocity, and trajectory. The type of firearm is also essential in the examination. These are all facts. Trust me, I'm forced to know. The severity is also dependent on the location of the wound. Individuals who suffer gunshot wounds require specific medical procedures to reduce likelihood of death, I noticed, permanent disability, I noticed, or other complications, I noticed. They also require immediate medical services. I noticed even if the victim survives they may have a permanent disability, I saw, trauma, I saw, or lifelong damage result of the wound, I saw. I also saw um, the issue of non-lethal weapons. Non-lethal weapons, also called non-lethal weapons, are also called less lethal weapons, less than lethal weapons, non-deadly weapons, compliance weapons, or pain-inducing weapons, which are weapons intended to be less likely to kill a living target than conventional weapons such as knives and firearms, live ammunition, yes. I've seen people killed by knives and firearms. It's often understood that unintended or incidental casualties are risk wherever force is applied, but non-lethal weapons try to minimize the risk of casualties. Examples are serious slash permanent injuries or death as much as possible. Non-lethal weapons are used in policing and combat situations to limit the escalation of conflict where employment of lethal force is prohibited or undesirable, where rules of engagement require minimum casualties, or where policy restricts the use of conventional force. I witnessed all the above. These weapons occasionally cause serious injuries or death. The term less lethal has been preferred by some organizations as it describes the risk of death more accurately than the term non-lethal, which some have argued is a misnomer. I get that. I do. I've seen riot control, prisoner control, crowd control, refugee control, and self-defense. Um, So I remember in that world, I saw um, use of force. Um, I saw unjustifiable homicide. I saw justifiable homicide. Um... I saw physical force used when necessary to compel compliance by an unwilling subject. And I also saw physical force used unnecessarily. Um, I 
I have seen the street version of roof knocking, knocks on the roof. To describe his practice of dropping non-explosive or low-yield device on the roof of Target civilian homes. I saw that in the streets. The streets try their criminalistic version of what law enforcement lawfully does. Um... I saw peace through strength. I saw peace through war. I saw shock and awe. The overwhelming power, the spectacular displays of force to paralyze enemies from session to battlefield, destroy the will to fight. The streets do that all the time. I saw the street version of gunboat diplomacy. It's, it's similar to the pursuit of foreign policy objectives, the aid of conspicuous displays of naval power implying and constituting a direct threat of warfare should terms not be agreeable to the superior force, but it's really gunboat undiplomacy in the organized crime world. So I did see street warfare uh, non-combatant suffering, then I saw combatant suffering, I saw non-combatant casualties, I saw combatant casualties, I saw extreme violence, destruction, and mortality. I saw the street version of Total War, I saw street war, street armed conflict. Uh... I can see why the deterrence theory can be applied to organized crime, too. And I basically saw the street version of demoralization warfare. So I saw enemy combatants, non-combatants. I saw retreating, surrendering, and defecting. And I also saw defeating people in combat. I saw hit-and-run attacks. I saw... Snipers disturbing the enemy with less lethal weapons. I saw snipers disturbing the enemy with deadly weapons and lethal weapons too. I saw incapacitating agents. I saw intimidation. I saw the display of force concentration. I saw commerce raiding, strategic scales. I saw uh, propaganda. I saw sieges, um, siege warfare, which is a form of constant low-intensity conflict characterized by one party holding a strong static defensive position. I saw um, the street version of naval blockades, receiving or sending out food supplies, weapons, communication. Organized crime has its own embargo, sanctions, and, or- and you have a lot of organized crime syndicates who pretend to be military forces. This is what I was privy to. And organized crime has its own version of sanctions. So there's organized crime naval blockades, and then 
The streets always talked about strategic bombing, terror bombing. Um, and so, um, my final parting words are that, um, Organized crime produces disorganized bodies, disorganized hearts, disorganized minds, disorganized memories, and even disorganized souls. <laughs>